married 17 years. Uh, I married my high school sweetheart. is uh, an incredible blessing. And uh, just to kind of give you a little bit of our background, and uh, met Rhiannon. I actually met Rhiannon when I was 13. Um, she was best friends with my cousin. I was not saved at that moment. And uh, and uh, she just thought I was this crazy little kid that because she's t- actually two years older than me. Um, I know it doesn't look like that. She looks not a day over 21, but, uh, um, but so, you know, and in those moments, she just thought I was uh, Ryan's crazy cousin, and, and then uh, a couple of years later, we ended up working together and becoming best friends, and, and then I asked her to be my girlfriend, and then we dated for uh, three years, and then uh, I proposed to her and, and asked her to, to marry me, and then uh, right after that, I called uh, Pastor Lance and asked him to marry me, and he said, let me check with Shelly. Um, I don't know how that works, and uh, and I was like, no, 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 not like that. Like, will you officiate my wedding? Um, and so uh, it's been a, it's been an incredible uh, journey, and and so I hope, my hope and prayer for you this morning is that I'll be able to uh, share with you something that will encourage you today, and and uh, maybe God will will speak to you. And I know we have uh, people here that are in different seasons of life. Uh, maybe you're here, you're single. Uh, maybe you're here and you're, you're young and you're uh, a student, and you're like, I'm not even worried about boys, or you know, I'm not worried about having a girlfriend. But uh, I hope some principles uh, you'll leave here today encouraged, and maybe some principles that you can carry on uh, with you through life. Uh, there's so many things I want to say today, and, uh, and, and God is just so good. Um, and, and his principles carry on through all things in life, and they apply whether you're single or, or married, uh, whether you're, you're you know, uh, maybe have been married before and you're, you're looking to get married again or whatever season of life you're in, man, the biblical principles are always true. Like we have the Bible and, and it, you know, the, it's the source of life. God is the source of life. And so I want to encourage you that before anything, uh, before, you know, we're going to be talking about some marriage stuff, and it's going to be good and hopefully funny, and, uh, and we leave here encouraged. But, uh, man, God is the source of everything. The first question that came in is, do children come before your spouse? Do children become, come before your spouse? And that's a great question. That's a great question because I, I think uh, so many times in our lives we we you know have children. We have four beautiful daughters, uh, whom I uh, dearly love. I would give my life for them, um, and and they're incredible, incredible young young women. Um, and and so it, it's it's a balance. And, and there's so many things in life that uh, kids. I mean, and the kids go through so many different stages in life too. And and this is a great question because so many times we can get caught up in our, our kids' lives and, uh, and, and that to where we, we maybe not say it out loud, like put them before my spouse, but a lot of times we can get caught up in, in putting our children before our spouse. Um, and, and I'll say this, like there's so many, God, children, God gave us children to teach us patience. <laughs> Just kidding. But for real, uh, God has given us children. Children are a blessing. And uh, I, I love kids. I love students. Uh, and, uh, but God has given us children uh, to be a blessing. And I'll say this. We should never put God's blessings in front of the blesser. We should never, God, God has, has blessed us, and that goes with, with everything in life, that, that God has given us a, a, a blessing, and sometimes in our life we can take that blessing and, 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 and put it in front of the, the blesser. And, and, so, and so I want us to first deal with this, that, that our children are a blessing uh, from God, right? And, and they should never become our functional God. They should never become... Uh, before God. There's, there's an order in which I've learned to, to put things. First, we, we have to put God first. 
Everything we do should flow out of our relationship with God. Everything that we, that God has to be first and, and everything. And then God has given us a spouse or, you know, and, and some of these questions are, are kind of hard to, to answer because I don't know the background, but, and there's so many different layers that we, that we could dig into, but uh, do, do children come before your spouse? I will say this, that, that God has, has given us the, the responsibility to protect our children, to love them. And, and so as a parent, I, I will protect my girls and, and, and love them. And if a spouse is, is hurting a child or, or if there's abuse involved, I will say that you have to protect your children. You have to step in, and, and if, if there's abuse involved, that, you know, step in there and, and protect your child. And that's not necessarily putting your child above your spouse, but in a way, it is. But God has called you to protect your, 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 your child. Children are a blessing. Um, number one, we have to be in unity as parents. As, as parents, I was thinking about this question, and and as parents and as spouses, we have to be in unity. So uh, at times, there, there will be times in your life where your, your kid is needy, right? Kids are needy, right? Uh, I have one in high school. I have uh, two in middle school. And I have one in elementary school. And they are needy. <laughs> Usually money. But um, and, and my oldest just got her, her, her license, her permit. So definitely be praying for us. We, we've been hitting the streets and, and, and developing that. Uh, and it's been, I'm, I'm just, I praise God they gave, gave you a bar to hold on to. You know? Uh, but as parents, we have to stand in unity. Uh, this means that we need to communicate. And one thing I'm going to keep coming back to as, in marriage and relationships, you have to be able to communicate. Uh, one thing that, that uh, we've developed uh, are, is, is communication and communicating to each other our needs and wants. And, and, um, and number two, God has given your children uh, to be a blessing, but we don't put the, the blessing in place of the blesser. Then also, our, we got to understand that our children are a, a, a they belong to God. Our children belong to God. Yes, they look like us. We love them. But ultimately, they're children of God. God is, has uh, placed us as, as stewards of them. And so we have to take care of them. We have to bless them. Uh, we have to protect them. Um, I was thinking about this question. And um, so, you know, to answer this question, it's yes and no. Do we put our children before a spouse? I would say no. If you're in unity and you're together, then it's not really putting your, your children before your spouse. I'll, I'll tell you the story to kind of illustrate this. But the other uh, couple of nights ago, a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, um, we, Rihanna and I, we, we have a gym date. We, uh, th about three times a week, if, if we can fit it in, we go to the gym. It's usually at night because of our schedule. And plus we hate waking up. Amen. Uh, we're not, I'm like not a morning person, but also I'm not a night person. Like I just like to sleep. I don't know really what that makes me, but I don't like to wake up and I don't like to stay up either. And so I just like to sleep and eat. And, uh, but we, the, you know, going to the gym has been something we started to do together. Uh, we've been doing this about a year and it's incredible. It's, it's, it's changed us uh, uh, physically, uh, emotionally, spiritually. I, I truly believe that, that God has, I'm going to chase this rabbit because I think it's important that God has made us uh, in his image. Amen. You can, you can agree with that. And then God is this triune God. He's, uh, he's, he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God has also made us a, a three-part person. We have our spirits. We have our our bodies, we have our minds, our, our soul, will. Uh, and so I believe that just like the unity of God is 
in, in relationship together. They're, they're in, in unity together. They're in concert together. Uh, our, our spirit, our mind, our physical, uh, our emotional being, they're all connected together. And if, if one part gets out of whack, say you are struggling, struggling physically, that, that affects your emotional state. That affects your spiritual state. If you're struggling uh, spiritually, that affects your emotional state. That it, see, everything's together. So one thing that me and Rhiannon, uh, Rhiannon and I uh, started to do is, is focus on the, the, the total health of, of our beings. And so we started going to the gym together to take care of our, our physical uh, element. And, and before we go to the gym, we pray, God, please don't let this kill us. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and so, uh, but we do, we take a time. Uh, most times we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll sit in the car for a second and, and say a prayer together. Then we'll go and, and we, we work out together and, and it, it releases endorphins. It, it makes you feel good. Um, and then the next day it makes you feel terrible because you're sore and then you don't want to walk up the stairs and, and things hurt. Then your body heals itself, but it affects your spiritual state, your, your emotional state. Your, everything, everything's connected together. So we, we decided to, uh, to work out together. We have these gym dates and it's been an incredible blessing, something for us to do together in unity. And so we go to the gym. And for me personally, like I, I love the gym. I know you're looking at me like, that doesn't really look like it, Pastor Brad. Um, but I also love to eat, amen? <laughs> I work out so I can eat. Uh, and uh, so, uh, but it's something we love to do together, and, and it's something that I, I truly love to do, and, and it's something that I, I put a, a high priority on is my gym time and, and, and to go. And I don't, I don't ever go without Rhiannon because I want her to be there with me. And, and, uh, and having her, her there with me in the gym, as she encourages me, uh, I encourage her, especially when that weight gets really heavy and, um, and my, all the, my face is red. It looks like my head's about to pop. She kind of just starts speaking in tongues over me, <laughs> like, please don't let them die. And, uh, and, uh, but, and so um, one of our kids the other night, she, she was kind of struggling with some English um, English homework and ELA, and she's like, ah, you know, she is, is really wearing on her. And we were dressed, ready to go to the gym. I'm like, let's get it. I'm getting my mind ready to do this because I'm coming back from uh, hernia surgery. So the weight's getting a little bit tougher because I had to reset and, and rebuild back up. And, and so I'm like getting excited because I'm actually lifting a little bit more weight now. I'm feeling good. And, uh, and then our kid needed something, right? And at that moment, I, we had to choose, you know, like this question, do you put your kid before your spouse? And so we decided, uh, you know, my wife being an English teacher and, and uh, she's brilliant and she, she starts helping our kid with homework and, and in the back of her mind, she's thinking, oh, really hope, you know, Brad's not upset. And, and, but she, we knew that we had to help uh, our, our child with her, her homework and, and so we spent, um, you know, an hour or so helping get this accomplished. And she's struggling with this terrible teacher. And we're just praying this teacher goes on medical leave. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we, we just pray that God will bless this teacher. God bless her. And, uh, and, uh, but, and so afterwards, though, we, we came together and we talked. And, and she's like, are you okay with that? Was everything okay? Are you okay? Because she knows how much it means to me to go to the gym, and I get obsessed with, with it. And I was like, no, it was, it, was, it was good. I understand we had to, you know, at this time, this need we had to take care of. So uh, do you put your child above your spouse? I would say no. I would say to communicate with your spouse. And, and as, a, as a, a, a parent, uh, as a uh, first, married people as partners, we need to be uni in unity. And to be in unity, you have to communicate. Um, if she did not commu communicate to me, or maybe debrief afterwards, uh, she would have been thinking, I, you know, in, in the back of her mind, Brad's probably mad that we didn't go to the gym. Or and then if I didn't communicate to her that I was okay with us skipping the gym, then we looked at our schedule. We were scheduled for the next night, so we were like, okay, we'll just go tomorrow night. We have less 
going on. And um, so we did, and, and everything was great. And I didn't feel uh, neglected. I didn't feel... See, when we begin to put our, our children before our spouse, a lot of times what happens is your spouse feels neglected. And, and, and oftentimes, in a real sense, we can make our children our functional God. We can make them where, where we, we derive our self-worth. Really anything, we are, even our spouse, we, we can make them our functional God where we, we, we pull our self-worth, we pull our happiness, our life revolves around our, our child. Can I tell you that, that God has to be on the throne? God has to be number four, uno number one. Like, number one, God first. And then as, as a parenting, uh, as a, a, a wife and husband, and we communicate with each other, uh, there are times, as, come on, if you have an infant or a little baby, a toddler, they, they ask a lot from you, <laughs> right? Amen. They're, they're in high demand. Uh, if you, uh, thank God we're out of that stage. I, I love little babies. Uh, I like they're so cute. We saw our nephew last night, and he's, he's this little chunky baby, but I love that I can give him back, you know, when he starts crying. I'm like, here, you need uh, Ara, she, uh, Keely and Jim help us in our youth group, and we love their little baby. Ara's the cutest little girl uh, like ever, and she's so smiley, but I love that I can say, here, you're taking her home, you know, <laughs> uh, but um, they're, they're needy, but in, in those times, you have to communicate, you have to, and, and let me tell you that if you're feeling neglected by your spouse because they are given, and moms, I mean, moms have high demand on them, especially from kids, and and so if you're, as a husband, you're feeling neglected uh, because your your wife is, is focusing on on, on uh, your, your the child or, or whatever it is, um, communicate that. Say, hey, look, I'm feeling neglected because of this. Or, or, or wife, you're, you're feeling neglected because your, your husband's watching uh, football all day on Saturday. Uh, Come on, like it's true. Like I, I used to be that guy. I'll just confess. I would watch. Rand can can tell you if there's a if there's a sports game on, I would watch it. Even if, we were watching rugby the other day. I don't even know. I don't even know the rules of rugby. I, but like we were watching it because I like I like competition. I like to watch sports. And uh, and so Saturdays she would feel neglected because I was putting things before her and, and and I was putting my focus on other things I was I was not present uh, and when we weren't at home during football season I would have it on my phone and I would be not present at, at times and and so um, do you put your your children before your spouse I would say and a, a situation of abuse protect the child um, uh, step parents that, that's a whole nother realm of things um, uh, you know, if, if you're a step or, or, you know, you have to be in unity. You have to, because you are married now. And, and, and the Bible says you're, you're one flesh, if you will. And, and so be in unity. Communicate your needs to your spouse. Communicate your needs. to Communication it will change, change things. Um, the next question, it says, it says, uh, if my spouse does not serve me, do I have to serve them? I'll put the quotation marks there. Uh, if my spouse does not serve me, do I have to serve them? Wow, that's a good question. That's a, that's a, uh, I feel like this question is, um, there's so many layers to this. Do we have to serve a spouse that doesn't serve us? My question would be, did God have to serve us when we didn't deserve to be served? I would say that we this question, whoever asked this question, uh, I would say that I would encourage you to change your perspective on this. Uh, I would say, no, you don't have to serve anybody. We don't really have to do anything that we don't want to do. My, my encouragement was, would be, why do you not want to serve your spouse? And then deal with that. Um, I know that 
if your spouse, if you feel like your spouse isn't there for you, your spouse, that person isn't serving you, and it's like, why do you want to serve them? Like, you know, it, it, it's kind of that, that it, I, I feel you, you know, like, it's like the, the people at, at work that, that get on your nerves or they, they do you wrong, you kind of want to return that, that wrong, you know, that you will kind of, but uh I, I would say, I think when I was reading this, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, I, I thought about Jesus, and, and think about, uh, the, we talked about this in our, our uh, breakfast club the other day, how uh, Jesus washed his disciples' feet, and this is a, empower, a powerful uh, picture of how Jesus serves us, uh, and the disciples didn't deserve necessarily to have their feet washed, especially Judas. Judas was... Uh, going to sell Jesus out. As in that scripture, it actually t- it says that uh, Jesus at that point had had uh, all knowledge. He was like, he was Jesus. He, you know, he had already kind of known his assignment. He knew what was going to happen. He knew that Judas was going to sell him out. Um, he even kind of called him out in the upper room. You know, he's like, the one that dips in after me and the bread into the cup after me is going to, you know, I think, he said that, and then, like, Judas did it. Like, I would have been like, anybody else want to go? <laughs> Jesus just went, you know, like, no, you first, I, I, I insist. But Jesus, he did not think of himself as one to be served. It says that Jesus did not uh, come to be served, but to serve. And as Christians, because uh, above anything else, first we're Christians because we have a relationship with God. We need to make sure our heart is right, and we need to begin to serve as Jesus served. Jesus, did, you know, Jesus, knowing that Judas was was going to sell him out, ser- served him. In Philippians two, it says this. In chapter two, verse three, it says, "Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Value others above yourselves." Not looking to your own interests, but the but uh, take two. But each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ. Check this out. This is the mindset of Christ. This is uh, we're kind of getting in the head of Jesus here. Jesus thought pattern here. Who being the very nature God, God being a hundred percent. God, he's, he's divine, he's 100% human, 100% uh, God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. That's why I wasn't Jesus, because I would be like, water to wine, like I could like make like, you know, stones to bread, I would have all the bread in the world, right? <laughs> I'd be like, look, we're out of bread. You know, that moment that sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I make five sandwiches uh, a morning. Like, we go through some bread. And sometimes I forget to tell Rhiannon, hey, while you're doing the shopping list, we're out of bread. I'm the sandwich maker, so she doesn't know unless I tell her, and I forget to communicate that to her. And then I wake up in the morning in a panic, and I'm, like, praying. Like, I break the bread. Like, I'm like, God, I thank you for this one sandwich we have. We have four kids, and I make Rihanna's lunch also. Please multiply this. And, you know, and he's like, no, you should have communicated that. Let this be a lesson. Go, sin no more. You know, I'm like, what? And, uh, and so... You know, he did not use his power to his own advantage, yet he, he came to serve. Rather, he made himself nothing. See, we always want to make ourselves something. But Jesus said he made himself nothing, yet God was, well, Jesus was God. Like, we look at Jesus, we're like, you're God. Like, but he considered himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness. See, so many times we, 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 we're like, well, they didn't do this. Especially my kids. They're like, well, why did you do that? Because they did that. Look, we can't control what other people do. The only thing we can control is what we do. And so should we serve a spouse that does not serve us? I would say yes. Yes. Serve your spouse. 
Love your spouse. The Bible talks about a wife winning her husband over an unbelieving husband by, by serving them, loving them, and where they are. As a spouse, we have to look to ourselves first. We, as, as a Christian, even if you're not married, look at yourself before you look at others. What's the, Jesus said that, that uh, we try to take the speck out of our brother's eye when we have a log in ours. Look, we need to, to stop looking at other people and saying, well, if only they would do this, then I would do this. No, we need to serve first as Christians. We, we need to serve people even though they don't deserve it. As, and that's, that's just Christianity. Um, and and, and, and sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it's, it, it takes humility. We, we, Jesus literally took, the, took his outer robe off, wrapped it around his, his waist, got on his hands and knees, and began to, to wash his disciples' feet. This, this posture, this, this position was the lowliest position in the house. Oftentimes a, a, a servant would, would do this. Uh, that's who would do it naturally. And, and, and so he bent down and began to wash his disciples' feet. And then he washed Judas's feet. Like, I just, like, can't get that. Like, I don't, like, I would not. Jesus had, okay, think about this. Jesus had, like, all power, right? I would, if I was Jesus and I was washing Judas' feet, I would, like, give him a corn or, like, a bunion. Like, I'd be like, yeah, I'll wash your feet, all right. But when you walk on those feet to sell me out, it's going to hurt. <laughs> like, you're going to feel some pain, you know. I'd break a toe, maybe. Uh, and so, uh, but that's why I'm not Jesus, and I'm, I'm a work in progress, right? And, uh, but Jesus did not do that. He served him and loved him anyways. He's, and, and look, Jesus loves us and served us even when we don't deserve it. Through God has blessed me and has done, shown me so much grace in my life. Because, look, I am not perfect. I am not perfect. I have messed up. I have done dumb things in my life. And God still loved me and served me and restored me. Man, if God can do that for me, we should do that for others. Spouse or not. That, that annoying person at work. That... That annoying person at church. <laughs> Come on. Don't nudge anybody or look around. <laughs> Stay here. Um, but we need to serve people. That person that's a uh, personality that just doesn't quite mess with theirs, serve them anyways. If they're a Tennessee fan, serve them anyways. <laughs> we love you, Larry. Uh, but for real, if they're Auburn fan. I'm just kidding. I won't go into the football. Because uh, Georgia lost yesterday. Well, let's, uh, we need to pray for some Georgia teams. Amen. Uh, we still we still love the Atlanta United. So uh, praise God for them. Uh, Braves giving up 13 runs in like two innings. I was like, what? Heartbreaking. But God still loves us through that, and He restores us and gives us joy, and in the midst of of hard seasons. Uh, but being the very nature of God, man, we need to change our perspective. We need to serve our, our spouses and love them. Uh, and then also going back to this, I would communicate to your spouse if, if the person that wrote this question is here, or maybe listen by podcast, or, or maybe this question just kind of hit home with you. I would communicate to your spouse, hey, it doesn't feel like you're serving me. I feel neglected. Because there's so many, our love languages are different. I would encourage you to read the, the five love languages book or maybe just take the test. Because a lot of times we, we serve and we show love out of our own love language. Where, where, and a lot of times our spouses are different because Rhiannon's is completely different from mine. Mine is, is uh, words of affirmation. And, and touch. So you give me a hug, you tell me how great I am, I'm good. Like, I'm like, man, I feel loved. I'm like, walk, like a student said something uh, affirming to me at, at the homecoming game. I was like floored. I just felt loved. I'm like, I'm going to teach the rest of my years. This is the greatest thing ever. But um, Rhiannon's is not that. And so a lot of times, uh, for a long time, I would try to show Rhiannon love. And she loves words of affirmation. And, and she loves hugs and, and me touching her. And, you know, 
but uh, she feels loved the most when I do a load of towels without being asked, you know, all the, all the moms are saying amen, and when she comes home and the, the, the room is, is vacuumed, you know, uh, she, she, she feels loved when she uh, acts of service and, and quality time, so when I put my phone on the charger and I come eat, eat dinner and I'm, I'm present, come on, so many times we can just not be present. And, um, and so she feels loved when, I'm, uh, when we sit there and we just talk and, and I'm not worried about it. I'm not somewhere else in my mind or uh, on my phone playing Mario Kart trying to beat this next level. Like, come on, I'm a giant toddler. It's okay. Um, <laughs> that's why I teach high school. That's why I do student ministry. And, uh, um, but she feels loved differently than, you know, for, for the most part. She, you know. Uh, she receives that love a little bit more. It's more impactful. So I would say communicate, because a lot of times, if she doesn't actually communicate to me directly, and and I'm not talking about like, well, I laid hints down. You know, I'm like, no, you have to tell me directly. Like, look, I do not feel loved right now. But or hey, you know, you could do a load of towels, and I feel very loved. Like, communicate. And I think a lot of people are like that. Like, I can't. Really read her mind, and she can't read my mind, um, and so I have to directly tell her and communicate to her clearly what I want and how I, I, I need it, you know, and, and so, so many times we just don't communicate, and it's just a lack of communication. I would say your spouse is not serving you, maybe because they don't know how. Tell them, and not like serve me like this, you know. Or like, but like, have a real conversation from the heart. Uh, uh, the way culture, our culture is set up, is is it, we're busy. We're busy. Everything's text. Everything's uh, social media. Like, uh, if you're like us, we have four kids. The ones in dance, ones in and uh, and. Um, uh, band and a uh, band's you know three nights a week and then and then Rihanna has things going on at her school that she's over. We're, we're youth pastors. We're we're both in college. I'm, I'm sorry, my master. She's just getting her specialist degree. Like life is busy, and so if we don't actually sit down, that's why our gym dates are, are perfect. Because like we leave everything at home, we go and and we lift weights and 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 talk and and, and then you know it's great. And so. Um, communicate. Sit down and actually communicate to somebody. Man, uh, communicate. If you're dating someone, communicate. If you're, if you're married for however many years, you know, we get in these ruts and we, we kind of are like ships passing in the night. No, communicate. Sit down. Talk in a loving way, not out of you know, serve me because I'm your spouse. You know, no. like, hey, like, you, you know, the, you know, I could use this or that. Uh, man, communicate. All right. Next question. How do I not bring my past relationships into my marriage? I want to trust my spouse, but it's hard because of my past. Wow. How do you not bring the past relationships into your marriage? Or maybe you're, you're dating or any relationship. You, we have things that we go through in life. Life is not always easy. People hurt us. Uh, we hurt people sometimes. Um, but God is good, right? God's our healer. I would say to this person, I would say to us, if you're struggling with this, if, if you're struggling with past hurts and and things like that. God is your healer. God is your healer. To me, just reading into this, uh, reading this question, I feel like someone is struggling with hurts in their past. Somebody's hurt them, and, and, and that wound is still there, and now they're in a new relationship. Come on, if, if we take two broken people and we put them in a house living together, there's still broken people. It's just a lot more brokenness, you know. There's a, still a lot more hurt. Look, we need to uh, make sure that God is, is first. I've said this a couple of times. Your spouse does not complete you. I know it's a cute saying. It's like, oh, you complete me. No, Rhiannon does not complete me. She compliments me. She, she brings lots of joy to my life. I, I delight in our marriage. But she does not complete me. 
God completes me. Young people, that person at school that you have a crush on is not going to complete you. Your self-worth, your, your, your value in life is not a job. It's not a monetary value. It, it's, it's Jesus. It's God. It's who God made you. That Your spouse is not going to make you happy if God doesn't give you joy. Come on. Your happiness is too far great a burden for someone else to carry. Your joy and your happiness has to come from God first. To this person, I would say, heal from God. You need to see God and let God heal your heart and, and, and then get into a relationship. Or, or this person's already married. So you need to, to communicate to your spouse, look, I need prayer. Look, I have hurts that I have not dealt with, I have not healed from. Man, I'm telling you, communicate and being completely transparent has changed our marriage. It's changed our lives. Just being completely vulnerable. See, God has created us to be known. To, he has created this, this sense of wanting to be known. We all want to be known and, and, and to, to, to be known and to know. That's relationship. And, and that's one thing, just to be honest with you, I, it's hard for me to be uh, completely open and vulnerable with people just from uh, childhood and hurts and abandonment issues. And, and so I, I learned to, to uh, uh, self-defense mechanism where I would build walls. I wouldn't really let people in, right? I would love people from a distance, even Rhiannon. Uh, you know, I mean, just honestly, it's, it's, it's been... Uh, it's been a learning process to, to be completely transparent. I mean, 100% transparent of who I am, and then her 100% transparent of who she is to know and to be known. But first, we have to be known by God. God already knows us, and we want to be known by him, and we want to know him. And through that, being God already knows us. He, he already sees through everything, we, the facade we put on. But to truly to be known, man, God can heal those wounds. We need to truly 100% communicate with our spouse in any relationship. I would say in dating to, to, to guard your heart, because the Bible does tell, tell us to guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. Be careful who you give your heart to. But in marriage, you, you have to be 100, 100% in. 100%, here's my heart. 100%. And then on the trust issue of this, man, trust God. We have to first trust God. If we truly trust God and we pray, we know that God is going to be there for us. People are going to fail us. People are going to disappoint us. Um, I will probably disappoint you sometime. Like I'll probably say something up here that, that might disappoint you. Like, go dogs. And you're like, oh, really? But people, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Pastor Josh isn't perfect. You know, uh, people are going to disappoint you. But we know that God never disappoints. God's always there. God's always there. He's always there for us. Um, so this person in Isaiah um, 43, chapter 43, Isaiah 43, uh, verse 18 through 19, it says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past, and check this out. I love this. See, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and the streams and the wastelands. I am doing a new thing, God says to Isaiah. Look, God is a, is a new God. I love new things. I love, I want the new iPhone. I love, we, we're looking for a new car. And so if you have one, you want to, you know, uh, let us know. Um, but we love new things. And God is, has made us new creations. Amen. The old is gone. Paul said, one thing I do is forget what is in the past and I strain towards what's ahead. We, we have to begin to stop dwelling on the past, our past failures. Um, one time, a, a, a 
pastor I was working under a pastor and you've probably heard me tell, tell the story before um, but I think it applies here is that uh, I I was serving under at, at another church under uh, another pastor and I lo- really looked up to this guy and uh, one time I did offering comments and big church and and then I mean I thought I crushed it I was like this is good like you're right uh, so people even came up to me after said man Pastor Brad this, that was really good and I was like yeah it was. I'm like the next Jonathan Edwards. This is incredible. And uh, if you don't know, he's a great re- revivalist way back in, in the day. And I, uh, and I was like, this is amazing. And then a couple of days later, the pastor of that church brought me into uh, his office. And, and he literally told me, and I, he, I think he, he probably said it nicer than this, but this is how I perceived it. And this is basically the only thing I remember him saying. But he said, he goes, I cringed when when you speak, and I was like, "What?" Like it crushed me. I was like, "This guy." I looked up to this guy, and so I and and even even today, I, I promise you, it still comes to my mind every time I, I I speak, I get up to do offering, and like I'm I'm still I still like try to push through this, and if I let my mind dwell on it. Man, like, because it's a choice to dwell on something. What does Isaiah say? He says, he says, he says, do not, do not dwell on the past. Do not dwell on the past. When, when that thought comes up before I preach or before I come to speak an, an offering, I, I have that choice. I can either dwell on that and, and start mulling over that in my mind and, and start self-deprecating, like, I'm not good. I, I, you know, I, Chapel Hill High School asked me to be the keynote speaker. I like saying keynote speaker because it sounds cool. Um, at their uh, National Honor Society, and I'm thinking, yo, I was never a National Honor Society member as a kid. Like, I was not a good student until after I got saved. And I was like, I need to get my crap together because I don't want to go to college and all this stuff. And and, uh, and now, and some I've always struggled with academics and stuff, but now I'm getting my master's and I'm, I'm proving to myself I can do things. And uh, but and, and I was like, look, I, I accepted it because I felt like God wanted me to do this as a new venue. It wasn't necessarily preaching to youth or anything. It was like speaking to smart kids and, and their parents. I was like, and their grandparents and, and principals were going to be there. And I'm like, oh God, why did you ask me to do this? I was like, I sound like Napoleon Dynamite. Why they're not going to listen to anything I say? And uh, and then I was like, but and then that thought came, and he's like, man, I don't want him to make him cringe. And I had I had a choice to make: either sit there and dwell in this headspace, or begin to the Bible says take captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ. Look, we can we can live in the past, and we can stay there. And we, and I don't think we'll ever forget things that happen, especially traumatic things. But we do have a choice if we want to stay there. And things are going to remind us sometimes, but, I mean, we have to take that thought. We have to divert it. We have to begin to replace that thought. It was, it was Philippians say? It says, whatever, think about whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is excellent. Man, we need to begin to think about those things. So when that past thought comes up, that, that thought of, because, I, I mean, I have, I have a past, and I have to choose not to, to stay there and camp there. Man, God is doing a new thing. Someone say a new thing. God's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing in our church. Man, uh, God is doing a new thing. Amen? I just received that. God's doing a new thing in, uh, in, your, in your marriage, in your relationships. Uh, man, stay present. We got to be present. We got to stop living in the past. Uh, doing a new thing. We got to look to the future. Man, I am so glad that this year has been the, the best year of our marriage, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm here in the present, uh, I'm, and I'm looking forward to the future. I'm looking forward to being old with Rhiannon and me being saying old things. I already say old things, but I, I can't wait to, uh, I'm an old soul anyways, but I can't wait to be old and, and have grandkids and all this stuff. But uh, if I, I'm, I'm present, I'll just love life now because God's doing new things in our lives. Amen. How do, this is a good question, how do I keep my marriage fresh and full of passion? How do you keep your marriage fresh and full of passion? It might come up. 
If not, just put up the logo. There it goes. Uh, how do I keep my marriage fresh and full of passion? And if you're not married, I would say, how do I keep life fresh and full of passion? Passion leaks. Uh, there's things I used to be passionate about that I'm not passionate about anymore. There's things that, that uh, like, I used to be really passionate about football. Literally, Jeremy would defriend me on Facebook during football season. I, I'm not lying. He would defriend me during Facebook, uh, on Facebook during football season, and then we'd become friends again. We loved each other anyways, but I used to be the obnoxious Georgia fan. Can I tell you? Like, I was passionate about some Georgia football. I could tell you who was playing, who was hurt, the stats, who's going to the NFL. I could tell you all the things. I couldn't tell. I'm basically a fair weather friend, fan now. Like I could, like I care, but not really. Like now it's just kind of like fun. Like I don't. I, I didn't even sit down and watch the game this season. I know you're like you're not a real fan, but especially the diehards, you're like boo. And uh, but I mean I love it. It's cool. I you know it's great. Whatever. But I used to be passionate about it. There's things in our life that that we we can choose what we continue to be passionate about. Uh, I used to be very passionate about politics, and I listened to uh, the the all the the talk radio, and I knew I was like, you know, I could argue all the politics. Now, honestly, I just don't care. I don't have that space in my life to care that much about stuff like that. I know some of you are like. Because you're passionate about it. You think everyone else should be passionate about it. And, and I do care about our country and, and, and all that, but honestly, I'm just not that passionate about it. So how do we keep passion in our lives? How do we, get pa- how do we keep passion for our spouses? And, or maybe it's a, if you're past that, maybe you're single or whatever, how do you keep passion about the things in life? 2 Timothy one seven says this. It says, For this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. It says, I remind you to fan the flame of the gift of God. He's saying, look, he's saying, it's your job to fan the flame. It's your job to keep the passion going. Uh, it's your job to do in, in marriage. I would say uh, it's your job to fan the flame in marriage through the laying on hands. Some of y'all got that. Amen. Can I get an amen on that? Uh, some of you uh, need to keep the passion alive through the laying on of hands, and you can take that whether prayer, yeah. Worship, yeah. Laying on of hands. Rian left on that one. She's like, I'm not, I'm out. <laughs> Man, we need to, in marriage, I will say this, real talk. Um, I'm not a morning person, I've already said that, or a night person. Um, I'm just a person that between, nothing good happens between 9 a.m., Oh, no, I'm sorry, 10.30, a.m., or 10.30 p.m. and 9 a.m. Like, nothing good happens after that, or between those time periods. So if you, need, if you have an emergency and you need a pastor, call Pastor Josh after 10.30 and before 9 a.m. After that, I'm here for you. I love you. I'll come pray with you and uh, be there for you. I'm just kidding. I, if you ever need anything, I'm, I'm here for you. But real talk. I, I don't like waking up in the morning. I don't like going, and I'm, I'm ending. I know you guys are like, when is he ever going to shut up? Um, I'm ending. But one thing that me and Rian have, have decided to do is, and Rian is not a morning person either, and um, she's more of a night owl. But we wake up in the morning, and before we do anything else, we pray, and we'll read something. Most days we read something. I'll say that sometimes we, we don't. We don't get there. We, we, we're fallible. We're working on that. We're not batting 100%. But we try to at least read something uh, in the Scripture on that. Okay. I thought the altar music was coming. I was like, they really want me to end. I was like, is this the Oscars? <laughs> I 
was like, I was like, all right, I guess I'm done. Okay, I really do have to end. <laughs> but, and the band can actually come and start playing. And uh, that way I, I know I'm, I'm ending. And it'll make you guys feel better about ending too. Um, like the music's playing, he's ending. Uh, and then I go 30, couple, 30 45 more, more minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but we pray. And so, and I'm telling, and you, in, in, in your mind, you're probably thinking it's this like great theological message from Pastor Brad and this great prayer because I'm amazing. And um, I know that's what you're probably thinking, but it's not. It's, it's, it's literally a six o'clock a.m. prayer and read. And I usually don't even have my glasses on, so I can't even, I'm not, I'm not even sure what I'm reading. A lot of times I'm just praying for interpretation. And, um, and I wake up and I reach over and I grab Rhiannon's hand. I move the dog because she's usually wiggled her way in between us. And um, I, I say, and it's usually something like, God, we give you this day. We thank you for our marriage, our kids, um, and just immediately give God the day. And it's usually bad breath. Um, it's usually um, mumbled. And um, she's probably praying for the interpretation. And, um, but it's something that, that has literally changed our marriage. And, and then I'll grab, I'll knock stuff off my um, night table and uh, finally find uh, either my Bible or a book or something. I'll just have something over there to grab, usually my phone. Flip open the Bible uh, app and uh, we usually have a, 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 something containing about marriage or relationships or love or something and just kind of read through that uh, real quick. I mean, it literally only takes a couple of minutes for us to do it. But it's something about being on the same page and giving God that those moments. So how do we keep passion and things fresh in our marriage and our life? Come on, God, we just read this. God wants to do new things in your life. The greatest journey and adventure that we can do is be in a relationship with God. God will always, if we're faithful and we're doing what God's calling us to do, he will always be doing something new and scary and stretching you and doing something new in your life. It's, being a Christian has been the greatest adventure of my life. I, as Pastor Lance said, you know, he knew me before, like, I was saved, and, and, and literally the first time I came to church was, uh, I think, a youth service, and, and I was I was not saved. <laughs> like, like, I was, like, I walked in, they clearly said, that guy is not saved. <laughs> like, I was uh, far from being, far, far from Christian, or, I, you know, and, and, um, and just being on this journey has, has been incredible, and at that time, I, I would have never thought that I would have been married to an incredible woman of God, married and, and preaching, and I never would have thought I'd been teaching high school. I'll tell you that. And uh, that's just, God takes you on some crazy journeys, right?